Welcome to the Real Estate Masters Podcast, a podcast with top real estate agents sharing insights of how they've grown their business. Every guest is unique and serves different markets, so you will find value in each and every episode. And now our host, executive coach, April Mack. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you join me today for the podcast. I have an amazing interview that I can't wait for you to hear. I'm interviewing today Cody and Tara McCarthy. They're from Denver, Colorado, and they are a husband and wife team. And I love the fact of just getting to interview them. The dynamics with them as a couple is very fun and interesting. And regardless, obviously, you don't have to be a husband and wife to gain something from the podcast. If you're partnering with someone, and even if you're just an independent agent on your own, There's some great things that are shared in this interview that I know that you're going to be able to apply. They have a really neat story. So I know you're going to enjoy, but um, a lot of good nuggets that you can apply into your life and into your business. So I'm going to get right to it after I tell you to please subscribe and leave us a review on the podcast. We love hearing from you. You can follow me, Coach April Mack, on Instagram. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I have a Facebook group for Coach April Mack Real Estate Masters Facebook group. Would love to have you join there and give us a positive feedback or even some negative if you've got that. But it makes it worthwhile to me. I make an investment to put this podcast out. It's an investment of time and obviously an investment of money to have it produced and get it out to you. So if I am hearing back from you that you're getting value from it, it certainly makes it worthwhile for me to make that investment. So please, if you're finding value in the podcast, reach out and let me know somehow, some way, or you can email me april at theconnexusgroup.com. My website is coachaprilmack.com and you can get more information about me there. But Right now, I want you to know more about Tara and Cody and their business in Denver, Colorado and their story and all the things that they're implementing into their business uh, to make it better. So we're going to get right to this interview with Tara and Cody. Tara and Cody, thank you so much for being a guest today on the podcast. So I want our listeners to know about you. So one of you could just kind of start introducing yourselves and tell about how you got into the business and what this real estate world life is like for you. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much for having us, April. I appreciate it. So Cody and I actually, it's kind of funny, we were both already independently doing real estate when we met, but we are now a husband and wife team. We work out of Denver, Colorado, and we do a little bit of everything. I started my career in new home sales, so I have a a lot of experience under my belt on that side. And then uh, Cody and I, once we met and We pretty much started working together almost immediately. I'll have to tell you the story about that. But um, now we do a little bit of everything from flipping to working with investors to buyers, sellers. We work with everybody. Wow. And that has to keep you pretty, pretty busy. But so I'm dying to know you have to tell us. So how did you guys get together? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, it all started at a bar. No, I'm kidding. Well, kind of. (laughs) Most of my good stories start at a bar. 
Right. No <laughs> story ever started with a salad, right? No. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, we actually did. We met through an acquaintance and and we like I said we just kind of both happened to be doing real estate at the same time and we started we we definitely kind of fell in love and moved fast within just a few weeks. We were we were living together and about I don't know, 2 months later, we had this snap in Denver where we had like three blizzards all in a row. And I was done with the blizzard weather, like so done with the cold weather. And Cody, he's so amazing. He's like out there shoveling our enormous driveway and like all the way down because we lived on the corner. I mean, he had been out there forever. And I was pretty much inside like drinking wine and wondering where I should move to because it was (laughs) terrible. And uh, so I took a quiz online which is ridiculous, but I did. And it told me that we should move to San Diego based on our interests. And I was like, well, Mm. San Diego would be nice, but so expensive there. So the second best choice was Scottsdale. And uh, so Cody came inside and I was like, honey, what do you think about moving to Scottsdale? (laughs) And, um, and so, yeah, so within just like three weeks, we were we were packed and we had our house leased out and we had found a place in Scottsdale and, and we moved. Wow. And you yeah. just, so were you, and you were already in real estate, Cody. So you just picked up, moved to Scottsdale and built a real estate career there as well? Pretty much. So I was doing, I was working with a buddy of mine. I just moved back from LA because I was helping another buddy get a business going. And I came back and my buddies told me to stop messing around. It's time to sell some houses. So basically that meant he was going to have me run around and do all his grunt work for him and make him a lot of money. So then I realized that I was pretty good at that stuff, but then I didn't really need him anymore. And he realized that anyway. So I kind of branched off, started doing my own thing. And I was looking at some, uh, some condos that Tara happened to be working at. And it was just ironic that I ran into her through an acquaintance at a birthday party as well. So, yeah. So just picked up, picked up here and we went out there and they do things a little different in Scottsdale. You can actually like list rental properties. And since uh, my database is pretty strong here in Colorado, but in Arizona, we didn't have uh, anybody. We didn't know anybody except for ourselves and a buddy of mine that was coming out to go to school. So basically we just started a marketing ourselves. And by that, I mean, I went to happy hour like five days a week and I didn't know (laughs) anybody. And within two years, our our database was a little over 1500 people and we were very busy. So. Wow. So how long were you there? Oh God. How long we stay? Five, six years, almost four years. Yeah. We, the market was really interesting then because that was like back in, you know, 2009 when the market was just in the tank. I mean, I think Cody and I went two full years without showing an occupied home. I mean, everything was a short sale or a foreclosure and it's just, you know, so different than it is now. But what it did was it allowed us to kind of capitalize on our investment experience. And we just started flipping houses left and right. We would buy them at the auction and we had crews that would go, you know, do all the work on them. And, you know, during that time, I mean, we flipped over 250 houses during that time. So it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. And and uh, it was a huge, huge learning experience for us too. Did you also build the real estate business of buying and selling as an agent, mm-hmm. not just, you know, as the investment? You did that as well. Yeah. So it basically started out just finding some renters because out there, rental houses are put on the MLS kind of like for sale one is here. So I was basically building a database and every six months they started turning and then it just started growing and growing. 
And then actually some of our good friends now are, are like lifetime clients. And another friend of mine I met out there actually owns, uh, well, co-owner of EXP Real Estate that where we are now. Mm-hmm. And I actually met him through a golf tournament and things like that just by networking. So a lot of things that so- we did over those couple of years kind of grew to where we are right now. That's very interesting. And one of the things that I'd love for you to just kind of talk about, because so many people think if they have a real estate business, they would never want to go move somewhere else and start all over with that current database. But do you feel like now you could just kind of move anywhere and start all over again and make it work from what you know? Coming from my side, it would be it would be tough because what I do mostly is face to face. What I'm better than I'm learning this uh, tech side, as we talked about a little bit ago. Um, but for me being person to person, I went to happy hour update. Now I've got two kids that would uh, yeah. cut into a school time. It cuts into a lot of those activities that I used to throw together, but I'm definitely certain I could do it. Yeah. What are some you. of the elements you feel like you would take? And I'm sorry, go ahead, Tara. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think, too, it's so different now than it was even 10 years ago when we were doing real estate. Like, I feel like there's so much interaction on social media and you can kind of build that community presence so much easier than you ever could before. Right. Before, when we started doing real estate, it was all face to face who you knew, you know, that it was it was a lot more um, one on one type. Whereas now, I mean, you can leverage Facebook and Instagram and Clubhouse and, you know, so many different things to help you grow your database that we just never had before. So, I mean, I think right. that if any any agent, if you've got the work ethic to really put in the effort, you can do it. You just have to really work hard. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize about this industry is it's it's a lot of very unglamorous, hard work. Right. Yes. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No know. doubt. Yes. So, but then you came back to Denver. Did you feel like you were starting over or you just kind of went back to that database that you had and just said, we're back? And how did that go? It was a little slow. Yeah, I did start it that way, though. I was just uh, kind of reached out to everybody else and said I was back. And I primarily took it as uh, I was kind of sold it to my people here that I was just out there flipping some houses for a little while. We had an investor that wanted to spend a fortune and we helped him do it. And then once everything dried up, we came, that market kind of went through the roof. So we came back and I was just reestablishing where I left off. And I really didn't have any pushback. Actually, it grew, if anything, because then I had more experience. Um, This market was kind of a little lower at the time, but it was a little bit behind what we had already dealt with. So I kind of knew exactly how to jump in. And by say me, Tara usually tells me what's going on. She's more of an analytical person and the brains behind our operation. And then I just run around in circles and try to figure out what to do with it. So that's kind of <laughs> how it works out well. We both have two separate sides of the business that we like and enjoy. And mine is none of the stuff that she likes to do. So it works out really well. So tell me about that. Tell me what the dynamics are here. And I, I know, it, you know, obviously most of our listeners are not going to be a husband and wife team. So really, I'm sure a lot of this could apply to any kind of team. But but it does make it really unique in that you are a husband and wife. So how does that how does that all play in and what are those dynamics like? What roles are you both fulfilling? 
Well, I think first of all, you might be surprised at how many people approach us that are currently single agents that would love to be a husband and wife team and just don't know how to do it or are a little bit nervous because now at that point you're like both 100% commission or whatever, right? And so I, it's it amazes me how many people would love to do it. But I think the reason that Cody and I are so successful at it is just because we are complete, like he said, complete opposites. Like he is so amazing at doing the face-to-face -face interaction, right? And like loving on all of our clients all the time. And he's so intuitive about checking in with everybody. And it's all genuine too, right? Like he's not doing it because he's trying to earn business. He's doing it because he genuinely cares. And I think that that's part of the reason that we've been so successful, right? Is because we are good at that. We're good at creating those and maintaining those relationships. Whereas I'm more on like the, once somebody is ready to do something, whether it's buy or sell or whatever, I'm the one that kind of takes the reins from there and do, does the negotiating and the working with the other agents and kind of that process from, all right, we picked a house. Now what? I kind of go through that all the way to closing. So it works well because even though we work together at the same time, we work on our separate parts and the machine is it just goes. So with a specific client, a buyer, let's say you're going to be more, uh, Cody, you're going to do more of all the front end showing the houses and then Terry, you're going to kind of take it when they're ready to write an offer. Exactly. In practical terms, how does it really work? That's probably how it works for the most part until we got a little busier. And then sometimes we both have to kind of step in and do other sides of the roles that we don't want to do. But yeah, mm -hmm. lately Tara's been showing a lot more houses than she really would like, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. That's just not your between running kids around and showing houses and, you know, just having life, it's, it's hard. And it, we've, yeah. uh, the team thing hasn't really grown on us very well yet. So we've tried a few times of, with people that think that real estate's going to be easy. I can come out there and I'm going to have a Ferrari in three months. And then they're no longer agents in like a couple months because they realize they had to actually work. And it, it's just been hard to find somebody to piece into that. We've used showing agents now, and that seems to be doing pretty well. Um, but, I see. You, know, you know, so that's so kind for of, the most part, it's just you two. Yep. And then we have an amazing transaction coordinator as well. Her name's Kristen. We have to give her a huge shout out here because she is the one that like reminds us of all of our deadlines. She crosses our T's and dots our I's and all the things that neither one of us really like have time for. She is the eyes and ears of our business when it comes to the contract. So we love her and we would, we would be lost without her. So <laughs> mm, yeah, no doubt that she's very valuable. How do you take a vacation or take a day uh, off? If <laughs> We always joke. We always say that in order for us to take a day off, we have to take a vacation because I yeah. think that, you know, especially people that do well in this industry are just generally very motivated for work, right? They're, they're career motivated. And so I think for all of us, it's hard to have somebody calling you and want to go see a house or want to write an offer or whatever. And you're like, gosh, I was really planning on taking this afternoon off and just watching TV or something. Right. And so we kind of have to leave town in order to really have the, have the commitment to not working at all. But one thing that we are really, really aware of, and it's very amazing about this career is even though we work a ton we still get to be present for all the really important moments in our kids' lives. We have two boys. Um, one is five and one is about to be 12. So, you know, they have all kinds of really exciting stuff going on with sports and school. And so even though we work a lot, we're 
always able to be there for their important moments. And that has been like such a blessing for us, right? That's one of the reasons right. that we do this. Mm-hmm. Sure. You're in control of your schedule. Do you, How do you handle that, that though? How do you make sure that you are present at those important events? <laughs> Family schedules first, right? Pretty much is what happens. So, you know, when we get the football schedule at the beginning of the season, the games go in the calendar, right? Or when mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, we know that we have school presentations or school, comp- you know, whatever it is, that goes in the calendar first. And then we just, we just schedule around it. And, you know, sometimes our buyers or sellers, they want us to be available during those times. But I also think that honesty goes a long way with your clients, right? And just letting them know, hey, I've got a school function for my kids or my kid's game. I think a lot of times people are very respectful of that, especially if they're other parents. Yeah, I I can understand that. Well, Cody, did you have anything you wanted to say about all that? No, not really. That's the same thing. It's like I, I just try to make sure that at least one of us is there, if not both of us, to every event that they do. And that's really important mm-hmm. to me. And like most of our business comes from friends and, and acquaintances and then just referrals that we've done. So most people really understand that. If I say, hey, I'm going to be I'm coaching my kids football team this weekend from you know nine to 11. Can we do noon? I've never had anybody really fight me back on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we've just been pretty blessed. If we're up front, we kind of lay down guidelines. I mean, people people respect them. I mean, when I first got into real estate, you know, and I was chasing the next deal more so than we are now, I, I did find myself running around and I'm showing houses at 10 o'clock at night and six o'clock in the morning because I would just yeah. tell them I could. But now people are, understand that I have a life and it's like I'll work from here to here and I'm going to bust my butt during those times. But at the same time, I've got a kid that's uh, that's a little bit more important. So and, yeah. and, and they understand and good for you. I mean, honestly, it's, you know, I was just coaching a, a real estate agent and we were talking about, and one of their goals was that just, you know, to be eating dinner every night with their family. And I told them, that's exactly what I told them. You got to schedule it. You got to put it on your calendar and then nothing else can get scheduled then. So it's so important. And those kids, you don't get to repeat it. So I can right. tell you that for sure. So, so where, you're in Denver, but do you have just a particular part of the city that you pretty much work in? And where is that? We we work pretty much the whole Denver metro area. And then we also actually work in Colorado Springs. So we live in South Denver. So that's kind of like our stomping grounds is, you know, Lone Tree, Parker, Castle Rock, Highlands Ranch, all of that. I mean, I grew up here. Cody grew up here. So we know this whole area like the back of our hands. And so I would say probably 70% of our business is just the South Denver area. But at the end of the day, especially with Denver and the prices escalating so quickly, people can't all afford to live in these areas, right? And so we're looking Mm -hmm. more in the outskirts or we're traveling down to Colorado Springs where things are more affordable. And so we're finding that a large part of our business is starting to move outward of the city. And and so we're learning new areas and that's just part of our job, right? Is to really study those areas and make sure we're experts in those too. Yeah. It seems now you can tell me if I'm wrong, but just from people that I've talked to and and, uh, having a just a tiny bit of knowledge about the Denver market. It seems like you are kind of almost a couple of years ahead of where most of the country is right now. Is that true of just in the prices escalating and the short demand of housing or am I off on that? And I could be, so don't, don't feel bad if I'm wrong. 
I'm not sure uh, a couple of years, I wouldn't say, but definitely a little bit. Cause like I was, I was saying earlier, when we were in Arizona, we went through this phase and then we came out here and this, we were kind of already out of the phase moving on. So I think we are ahead a little bit. I don't know if two years, I've got some friends in some of the bigger markets and they seem to be going through very similar that we are. So I, yeah. I, mean, I, I really can't speak for a ton of areas. I know California is very similar right now. Phoenix is going through the roof. Oh, um, it's th- honestly, everybody I talk to all over the country. I mean, there's a shortage mm-hmm. of listings, you know, mm-hmm. they've got more buyers than listings. There's bidding wars on every listing, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I just know some friends that their kids are in Denver and they were just saying, you know, couldn't houses are going way over. I mean, that was probably maybe a year ago, but way yeah. over listing price, you know, all of that. And so how are you combating this challenge? I mean, because it seems it's just so difficult. You know, it appears that people are working twice as hard for half the money because they're writing offers and it appears that way because it's true. (laughs) We kind of joke about that back and forth, but you know, it's funny because again, the perception of real estate is so much different than the reality. Right. And so a lot of times our friends or family or past clients, they're like, wow, you guys must really be killing it. You know, I know the real estate market's going gangbusters and that's crazy. And it's like, well, I mean, we're very, we do very well and we're very happy about that, but we are, we're probably doing two to three times the amount of work right now and making, you know, less money than we were two years ago, let's say. But, you know, one thing about Cody and I is that we're like very scrappy, I would say individuals, right? And so we just figure out a way to make it work every time. And we- You are really scrappy, let's back up. <laughs> Uh, okay maybe i'm scrappy i don't know but like we've been we've been doing this you know more than 15 years now and so we have seen the market go from a balanced market to just when we were in phoenix being just at the bottom of the barrel and then coming back up and you know one of the things that you kind of have to do in this industry is just reinvent yourself every time the market makes a turn right every time the market shifts you have to reinvent yourself so you know we we've gotten I guess, used to that or comfortable with that. And so in this market here, right, it's, I think the biggest challenge for us and probably a lot of agents is a lot of times buyers just think that they can, or sellers, that they can do it by themselves now, right? Because the information is so available online, Um, particularly Mm -hmm. sellers, they're hearing all this, right? Like, oh, houses are selling for so much and we're getting all these appraisal guarantees and this, that, and the other thing. And so they're like, well, why would I use an agent? I'll just put it for sale by owner, right? So we hear a lot of that, right? Why would I pay you when I could just go do this instead myself? And so you know, a lot of our, a lot of our presentation and a lot of what we're talking about now is like why a realtor is more valuable than ever, right? Because getting your house under contract right now is the easy part. That's just like the first step to, uh, you know, up the staircase of, of a lot of obstacles these days. So tell me a little bit about what that dialogue looks like, because we have listeners that they may need to hear that. So, I mean, what are you, what exactly are you telling those sellers that to, uh, for them to understand how important it is for them to have an agent now more than ever. Tara teaches us right now on, on some different platforms. So this is good for you. I'm just going to sit back and my drink. So what he, <laughs> I run a, a female kind of community, real estate community called Girls with Grit. And this is like all we're talking about right now is just what kind of what kind of verbiage are we using with our clients in order to make sure, number one, that we're keeping them comfortable and in the game. But then also, number two, like 
how do we show our value? And so the first thing that I always tell people is the first conversation you have to have with that seller is, are you more interested in not paying a commission or are you more interested in netting the very most amount for your house? Because mm. I think that those are not parallel concepts and sometimes sellers are cutting, they're tripping over nickels to pick up pennies, right? So we have a couple of examples in our arsenal where people have, you know, their intention was to go for sale by owner. And we were able to show them that we could list it for more. And I mean, we have one example that we just did where she ended up getting $85,000 more for her house than she ended up, that she was intending on listing it for sale by owner for. Wow. So $85,000 for many, many people is life changing, right? Like you can pay off, most people can pay off their whole credit card debt or their co-payments or invest in their children's, you know, education. So helping them to understand that it may seem easy and yes, getting somebody under contract might feel easy because you're posting it on Facebook or Craigslist or whatever, but what are you going to do then? You know, are you going to be home for all of the showings? Are you going to screen all of your people to make sure that they're actually pre-qualified and you don't have a bunch of creepers going through your house all day? Mm -hmm. What questions are you going to ask the lender once you do get an offer? Like, how how do you know that that is actually a valid offer and it's not just somebody who called up, you know, American Financing or whatever, gave them some information over the phone and now they're running around town making offers? How are you going to negotiate these inevitable issues with inspection and appraisal that are going to come up. And I just, I think that so many sellers are not educated on that piece of it. And once you can show them how you can provide value well beyond getting a buyer, the conversation turns very quickly. Yeah. Those are excellent points. And I love how you brought all that out. So what is Girls with Grit? (laughs) So Girls with Grit is my baby right now. So I actually, so I have collaborated with three other women that are across the nation, um, Christina, who's in St. Louis, and Jamie, who is in Raleigh, and then uh, Lauren, who is in Charlotte. And so we all are at very similar places in our in our careers. You know, we've um, been very hardworking and lucky at the same time to, to be very successful. And one thing that we all just kind of recognized is there's like a lot of negativity surrounding real estate, right? It's very competitive and it can be very lonely. And so what our intention is, is just to create a community, which right now it's basically on Facebook, where women in particular can come, they can feel safe in asking their questions. Because I know a lot of times you go on to certain real estate groups and you know, you hang yourself basically by asking a question. All you get is like so much negative feedback. And if you don't know this, you shouldn't even be doing real estate. And, you know, those those kind of responses. And so Girls with Grit is all just about collaboration and community over competition is essentially what it is. So. Wow. And is that Christina Swires? It is Christina Swires. You know, Christina. Yes, she was uh, on episode six of our podcast. So yeah, I love Christina. Gave me my introduction and, and education of EXP Realty. So, oh. um, but, yeah. so is so. Are you? Are, is this a promotion of Girls with Grit, or is this a cl- is this closed? I mean, or can 
who who can be a part of that? I mean, do you want to talk about that oh, here? Or? No, I mean, um, yeah, anybody. So we basically, our only rule is, well, two rules. Number one, you have to be a producing real estate agent. So whether that's you're working on your first deal of the year or you do 70 or 100 deals a year. So um, we just ask that you be an active real estate agent. And then also that... Um, you're a female, right? Just because nothing against our, our men friends, but you know, we just <laughs> want this to <laughs> we just want this to be a place where, you know, we can talk about things like how hard it is to be a mom and a real estate agent at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. And be really good yeah. at both or yeah. that kind of stuff. So Well, good for you. That's awesome, Tara. Thank you for for sharing about that. And so it's a group on Facebook, so we could just look up on Facebook, Girls, with, Girls grit. with Grit Collective. Yes, April, you should come on over. <laughs> I will. I, if that's an invitation, you'll just see of me there later. Of course it is. Of course it is. I will send you the link. You'll be our featured guest. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. I, I love seeing people come together, though, and challenge and encourage one another. And, you know, we are, I always say we're better together. So that's really neat. So how do you market Tara and Cody what are, what are your marketing strategies? Cody, I'll let you take this one because, you know, you're well, our marketing well, strategy. Well, once again, we have completely different strategies. Uh, we've <laughs> done everything. We've thrown money at every lead source and, and this and that. And then uh, finally, I'm just doing, I meet up with some people. I invite probably five to six people out to like a top golf or a happy hour thing type per week that are past clients, somebody that I know, whatever. It depends on the week. I kind of set up different things. I schedule them out quite a ways. Um, and then I, I'm kind of hard to explain what I do, but I talk to literally everybody. Like Tara talks a lot on these things. You get me in front of people and it's a complete opposite perspective. So my marketing is basically word of mouth. Um, we've got my databases uh, somewhere around 14,000 some odd people now. I was a former trying to be a jock and I just know a lot of people now. So my marketing technique is just get in front of people. It's everything from birthdays to if I know you have a baby, if I know it's a birthday from a kid, if I know you just had an anniversary on a house, if anything from a surgery to I'm just always there and I don't know if it really bothers somebody. I'm maybe there too much sometimes, but I'm always checking in on everybody. So my marketing strategy has just been to spend, instead of spending dollars to Zillow, I spend a lot of money on just thinking about friends and people that I've worked with in the past. And it seemed to have literally probably doubled our business in the last five years since we've both been doing that. Wow. So, and in do Tara, you, Tara do you have a program? Do I have a program? No, it's in my head. <laughs> I wish I need head. to put it on paper. We've been to a couple of places. They've wanted me to somehow write something down. And I don't know if Tara can explain how I do it. She's <laughs> she really take to this, but my Facebook, I won't tell you my page because it's not really appropriate. Um, mine is just funny. I, I just put nothing, but if, if it doesn't make you laugh and I, if I post it, my friends will call me out asking if I got hacked, if that's how bad. Oh, I, how funny. So yeah. I kind of went the exact opposite from everybody, you know, look at the real estate markets up. This is that, this is that. I want to push stuff that's just going to make you laugh and reach out saying that was funny. Thanks for breaking up my day. I was having a bad morning. That's what I shoot for. Yeah. Um, Cause Tara takes care of all the sponsored ads and, and a lot of the Facebook groups that are more serious real estate. Um, so we just have completely different perspectives on that. I just try, try to stay in front of anybody and, and I spend money on anybody that I've known before, as opposed to spending a lot of money on people I don't, that really don't care to know me. You know? I, I think that, that that is like such a key point right there, because at the end of the day, real estate is very fundamental. It's very like, 
creating relationships is what our job is, right? It's it's a sales job where we just happen to be working with with houses. And so I think that everybody's always looking for that silver bullet of, you know, the next best thing, the next shiny new object, like this CRM is going to get me more business or this, you know, paid lead source is going to get me more business. Or if I just had this, then I would have more business or, and it's just at the end of the day, I think that there's like two camps of very successful real estate agents. You've got the, the certain people that pay just boatloads of money to places like Zillow and that kind of thing, right? They're, they're buying their leads and they probably do very well, it seems like. But I think the majority of the true top producers that I talk to, and I talk to a lot of them because I'm a total nerd, like I love to learn about what's working in other people's businesses. Almost everybody that I talk to, it's 90% of their business is sphere of influence, repeat and referral, right? It's those three yeah. things. And it's like Cody said, like, don't go spending thousands of dollars on people that you don't know and don't care to know you. Spend money yeah. on and and create those relationships and improve those relationships with people that you know and love already and already are referring you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like so a quick, ca- quick example of that one real quick. We just had a, we went to list a house and we listed it not knowing all of the, the reasons behind it. But when we got there, we found out that the, um, the dad, who's a good friend of mine, is going through cancer treatment. And he decided they want to sell just in case it doesn't go well, blah, blah, blah. So, like, instead of, you know, of course, we were sorry and everything. But then Tara put together this huge package for him that had all kinds of comforting things, like warm socks. There's a new chemo hoodie you can wear so he doesn't have to sit there because I know he's cold. And, and just this yeah. huge packet that she put together that she mails to these people, which was incredible because I don't know how many times he's reached out to her, but multiple times online in tears, just thanking us for thinking about him and not just being a transaction. Yeah. And that goes a long ways when he starts referring us to his friends and we've done his brother now and she's done four investment properties and, you know, now they're buying a new home with us and we're selling theirs and that's all within a couple of years. So just putting some extra thought into certain people, you know, turns out to seven to eight transactions. Yeah. And it sounds like from both of you, that just comes very natural mm-hmm. for you. And and as Tara said, it's not for necessarily for the sale, but it is just because you really do care about that relationship. And so Cody, those events that you're doing, mm-hmm. I mean, how much time are you spending a day on Facebook? So is everything pretty much Facebook? You doing Instagram too? or? Oh, I do it, but I spend probably about 20 minutes a day <laughs> I don't spend a lot. I don't do sponsored ads. I find a funny meme and it goes on my page. And if I if it's not funny, somebody will call me and say, hey, we're, we're, what am I missing in this picture here? What's going on? And it starts reaching out. I just spend more time email, text message with friends. I mean, I do click on Facebook. Like I have birthdays and things like that that will pop up online. Um, and, I'll, you know, I reach out to all those people, of course. But like as far as like on my own posts and making everything look really pretty, I don't do that. And yeah, it's just it's just posting that funny thing. Exactly, so, just something every day that makes people look at my page and just makes them laugh. Yeah. Or if I see something that reminds me of somebody, of course, I'll tag them in it. Um, and then little things like instead of just putting like happy birthday, sending it, attach a photo to it or something, a picture of you or with them together. And then other their friends start seeing it. And it's just little things like that that I've done to build um, instead yeah. of like sponsored ads, things like that. I love that. So... What do you feel like has just, if you could contribute, what's one thing that you're, that you guys are known for that just really has made a difference in your business? Well, like a two totally different sides. Tara 
honestly, if she could just sit back and teach every day, she's probably the most phenomenal teacher um, that that most of our friends slash anybody else that's gotten to real estate that we know. Like, for instance, we were at KW for a while, and they were pulling her in to just teach every class mm. um, as opposed to being able to sell real estate. So I'm like, uh, help, help, <laughs> you know, and, and they wouldn't leave her alone. So I started making them put, like, signs on her windows, like, hey, she's we're busy today, you know, leave her alone. And which is fine. Yeah. It started, but you know, at the same point, we didn't have a team, so we needed some help. Um, and then, and then like, we're known for, I'm just, I'm always known for keeping groups of people together. Like I know there's people you'll see random events here and there, and I'm always the one that invites everybody. So mm-hmm. I feel guilty going to, if I'm having a, a house party, you know, back when we could hang out with people and it was really fun, we'd have four or five huge parties a year and I invite everybody. I don't leave anybody out. I've never had like a certain group of people. Uh, But then I noticed like when I moved away from Arizona, a lot of the group that we had hung out with two to three days a week, um, and it kind of became my my vocal like marketing people, none of them see each other anymore. And I just realized it was because I always invited them together. Mm. So it's what I've always been known for. I've I've always been putting groups together. And I I guess I come from a family, well, basically no family after about 15 years old. So I kind of created my own. Um, so, so I just, it it worked out well for me, you know, you get to pick your own family and I I picked, I picked well, and I grew a humongous family of friends and and, and close people that I trust. And it's kind of worked out really well for me going forward in sales, which I never thought I I never knew I'd be a real estate agent until I was a little older. So it worked. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did draw either of you into the business? Oh, mine grew into the business. Basically I got out here, I was in uh, management and then I did football for several years and I tried both. And then in management, I realized I couldn't go anywhere higher. I worked for Boeing for a while and I couldn't, my boss was like three years older than I was. So it wasn't really going anywhere. And I had some other friends that were entrepreneur type people that were making a lot more money. And then I saw them working, but I work hard, but I knew I couldn't go anywhere. So then finally, when I came back, my buddy put me to work. I realized I really liked it. So my job was basically to go nurture clients and meet people, which is what I do on a daily, whether it's going to make me any business or not. I just enjoy kind of helping people. And it's just always been that way from charities to, you know, and it's just kind of what, what fell and, and grew this way. And it just, just stuck with me my whole life. I just, when I found out, when I first put a couple people in a house, I realized that, wow, that, they were really happy. And don't get me wrong, the money's good. You do make good money when you start doing that. And that just added to it. But then we just started throwing more money at events for people. And and charities, and we do a ton of charitable nations every month, every year. Um, this year was a little different. We just had to kind of mail stuff, but usually we hold a lot of events for kids and and families and, and homeless shelters and food banks and things like that. It's just it's just been a lot different. So the more we were able to give back, it just the the better I felt about my job. Hmm. Is there anything you would have done differently, like knowing what you know now, when you you know in years past? Is there anything you would have done differently in your business? In my business, no, I would have started a lot earlier. That would have been something that if I, oh, if I okay. knew it would have been as rewarding as it was, I probably wouldn't have killed myself in corporate for about 15 years. Yeah. So I probably would have, yeah. and then I would have switched to EXP because their stocks were so cheap back then. And I can't. Yeah, we hesitated yeah. way too long to make that switch, but, you know, that was our own kick in the face. But I really can't know what I, I what I would do differently because I, I really went in, I, I went in hustling, hitting people, and then we kind of fell into the, investor gain, the more people we got to know and, and the more people with money. So then we kind of learned that, the flips, um, the buying holes, and then it just kind of naturally fell into real estate. So I really don't know what I would have done different other than doing it sooner. Tara yeah. might have a completely different perspective, but we're well, all family. I think, it's a little different. 
I think it's a little different for us because both of us are very like natural risk takers, I guess. We are kind of Mm -hmm. in the, well, shoot, let's give it a shot. Like if it sounds like it makes sense, let's do it. And so I think that we have probably done a lot of things that most people wouldn't do, right? Like who do you know that would pack up their entire life and move to a completely different state in three That's what I was just... Because of the snow. We're both risk takers. No, you don't yeah. say. We just pick <laughs> up and move to another state where we know no one. Right. Yeah. right. But I, I love think it. That, like, so many people aren't that way. And so for somebody that's maybe not that way, I would say bet on yourself. Like honestly, mm. bet on yourself. Because when you do, you learn so much about yourself and you everybody is capable of so much more than they think they are if they just work really hard at it. You know, I run into a lot of people like that don't want to do a certain marketing technique or they're scared to try a different type of real estate or they don't want to work with an investor because they don't have the experience or whatever. And Cody and I are more just like, fake it till you make it and, you know, we'll figure it out. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to be successful at this one way or another. So that's, I, th- I wish more people would be like that because I think that people would live much happier lives. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So what, just as we're wrapping up, what would be some advice that you would give to someone that's maybe new to the business or just maybe they feel stuck? Any advice you'd give? My advice would be if you're feeling stuck particularly, Take a look at the circle around you, because I think, again, I mentioned it earlier, real estate can be very lonely and there's a lot of people that are just waiting for you to fail and or tell you I told you so or whatever. Whereas if you have the right group of people around you, you feel like you're capable of anything and that will be reflected immediately in your work. Like I think one of the reasons that Cody and I have been successful is because when one of us is down on an idea, the other one is right there to like push the other one across the finish line. You know what I mean? And so everybody should have those people in their life. And if you don't find them. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything you'd add to that, Cody? No, not really. Just surround yourself with good people. I mean, I've had like friends that I would consider close and and you you start to realize when you become successful or something, a lot of jealousy starts to take place. And just don't let it burn you. I mean, it's the same thing. I started surrounding myself with more business owners and entrepreneur and people that were bigger and badder Mm -hmm. than I wanted or that I am. And and it kind of pushes you to get there because you're seeing exactly what they're doing. They're showing you exactly what they're doing. They want to teach you. And you just got to get out of your own way. Yeah. So what does the future look like for the McCarthys? Gray hair. (laughs) Watson helicopters. I don't know. (laughs) I think for us, we want to move our business to a place where we don't, where we're working smarter, not harder, if that makes sense. I think that there's room for improvement in our business as far as like leverage and those kinds of things go, particularly with time. So that's kind of our next step, trying to increase our average price point, right? So you're not having to do as many deals a year as we are doing right now and just building out our business more like I, I don't th- I don't know that we're going to be doing buyers agents and those kinds of things, but maybe more on the admin side to help free up our time to do those money making tasks so that we can have more time freedom, right? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you have no time to spend it and enjoy your life, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Cody, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. She pretty much covered everything. I mean, we're pretty much on the same page with that. Yeah. Well, it looks like you got a bright future. It's exciting. I love the dynamics that you two bring together and uh, it's, it's really cool. I thank you so much just for taking your time because we only have so much of it. And, you know, just for being a blessing to other people, I can tell that that's really your mentality is it's obvious and just the way that you're working and working your business. So I really appreciate it. Thank you both. No, we appreciate the invite. All right. Well, again, I want to say thank you to Tara and Cody for being a part of the podcast. I appreciate their time and all of the guests over the course of the last year. It's gosh, it's almost been a year since we started the podcast. I can't even believe that. We've got a few more months to make it one year. Maybe we'll do some kind of big celebration for our one year. Maybe we'll pull some of our guests that we've had on and uh, get several of them. We'll do one big interview. That might be kind of fun. I'll have to give some thought to that. If you've got some ideas, maybe share those with me. But, you know, one of the things that Kara, uh, I'm sorry, Cody and Tara, or we could call them Kara together, but <laughs> the uh, one of the things that they talked about was just scheduling those important events for family, um, putting those events for their sons on their calendar so that they're not missing those. And, you know, I just want to remind you, it is so easy to get caught up in work. And I'm a person, I love my work. I enjoy what I do and I can really stay busy with work. But there are some people in my life that will make me stop. And those are the people that I love dearest, my family, and they are first and foremost, and they know that. And it doesn't mean that I don't work really hard and I work a lot of the time, but I have created margin in my life. And I would encourage you to really sit down and think about where you can create margin. I had a conversation with someone recently about you know, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. And we can get so burnout and so tired and we get to a place we don't enjoy what we're doing anymore. Most likely you got into real estate because of the freedom that it created in your life. And so I ask you, when did you really take time off and do something that you enjoy? When did you take time away uh, to spend with friends and family? And it's, just it's so important that we have that good balance you don't get that time back with your kids and they won't have that first home run or that first touchdown or whatever it may be that piano recital oh my the piano recitals that I've sat through which can be so extremely boring but at the same time they were important and they're important parts of my kids lives and so I just encourage you to find time, uh, make the time, put it on your calendar, put it in your schedule to do the things that are important and things that you enjoy. I think I talked about at the end of the last podcast about what refreshes us. And so often that's it. It was a beautiful day where I live in Northeast Ohio and I sat out on my back patio today for about 30 minutes and I did something productive while I was there, but I enjoyed just the sunshine and being outside for a little while. So create margin in your life, schedule the things that are important, be disciplined when it's time to work, work, 
we know we can spend a lot of time chasing rabbits and going down a rabbit hole, uh, just being on our laptop or on our phone. And so schedule that time. This is the time I'm going to work on X. And that's the time I'm going to do that. And you'll be so much more productive in that amount of time when you know I'm giving this amount of time to work on a particular thing. One of my favorite quotes lately, and I don't even know where I heard this, but is that discipline creates freedom. And you think about it, any place in our life that we are disciplined, it will give us freedom in another area. And you can apply it to so many things. But I know that when I'm disciplined and I get up early and I follow the habits that I know that I need to implement into my day, into my morning, when I schedule a particular amount of time to work on a certain project, and that's what I do in that time before I go on to something else. Then it gives me freedom later to go sit out on the back patio in the middle of the afternoon for just a little bit. So discipline creates freedom. I encourage you to give some thought to that and to create margin in your life. Work hard when it's time to work, but by all means, enjoy the time that you have with the people that you love. That's my final thought for the day. Be blessed. God bless you. And I'll see you on the next podcast.